Welcome to Girls Who Read Porn. Please be advised that this podcast contains mature content for mature audiences. The title might have given that away, though. We would also advise you triple check the trigger warnings of each book prior to the episode. And if it's not for you, we'll see you next week. Each episode includes major spoilers, so make sure you read the book and don't say we didn't warn you. With all that in mind, on with the Hello, show. everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Girls Who Read Porn. I'm here with the usual team, which is G. Hello. And Ola. Hey, hey. How are you, B? I'm good. How are you, girls? Yeah, you know, okay. struggling along. I, <laughs> I'm a bit sick at the moment. Yeah, you sound sick. That's why my voice sounds like this. <laughs> so. That is no bueno, George. Get your shit together. I tried my hardest. I've taken multiple decongestants, and this is still how I sound. So <laughs> oh, this is what you're getting today. Oh, there is a wild flu going around the southern hemisphere right yeah. now, and people are just Everybody's not coping. <laughs> it's bad. Everybody's getting sick over and over and over again. I know. One of my friends came over last night, and she's like, I have been sick four times in the last three months. I'm like, that's not normal. <laughs> you need to go see a doctor. No. And we also have a very special guest with us today. We have Carly from Aurora Magazine. Hi, everyone. Happy to be here. Hi. Yeah, how are you yeah, doing? Thanks Happy to have you here. I can't thanks relate to your, your cold and flu and allergy symptoms, unfortunately. It's like another <laughs> the, way. Yeah. The You're the in the dream situation. spot is wild right now every single person i know is sick it is no bueno yeah we have um the government running ads on tv telling people to like look after themselves yeah it's pretty bad are people still wearing masks there no not really but it's not it was like i got this flu last year and i was out for three weeks i was in bed for three weeks just die i thought i was gonna die but that's convinced. the like the beauty of masks is that they protect from other things too, you know. Yeah, I'm like maybe exactly. we should do masks when people are getting yeah. sick. Yeah. Well, because I think the whole flu thing happened because we were all wearing masks and we we're all isolating, and then we so got like too. these huge bugs, and then we started interacting again, and the bugs just mutated, and now everybody's yeah. violently yeah. sick. No we emerged ready. with very weak immune systems yeah. out of lockdown. I feel no, like we absolutely. just got to cop it, and then, like, in two years' time, we're going to be back to normal. That's a long time. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> like, we'll still get the flu, but I don't think I'm going to feel like I'm dying the next time Hopefully. I get it. Hopefully not. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. it was wild. Do not recommend. Okay. Just in case anyone's <laughs> <Not> wondering. <fun. laughs> um. Let's get into why we're here. So, Carly, in sure. your own words, could you please explain what Aurora is and like what's its purpose? Yes. Um, Aurora is a digital space for confessional sex stories. So all the stories on the site are meant to be based on real experiences. Um, obviously, I don't have a real way of fact-checking stories, but there's definitely a vibe that I I get when I know something is not quite real. Um, but I think the main thing that I wanted to get at with um, the focus on real stories and real experiences is that I think the most powerful thing is um, firsthand experience. I dislike stories, especially when it comes to porn, that are talking about experiences as fiction that people haven't lived. So I just don't think you can really do an experience or an identity or encounter justice if you haven't truly experienced that yourself. 
um, especially when it comes to queer stories and women's stories. Uh, I'm going to segue here, but like our our audience and our writers are primarily women and queer people. And every now and then we get a submission from a straight man. And why are they always writing as if like they are women writing from a woman's point of view? Oh my God. <laughs> Whenever like, a man writes about a, as a woman, we laugh about it. So there have been bad. several times where we've just been like, this is so wrong. We had a segment a few, like, I don't know, last season where it was like men writing about women. And it's like, she smelt like cheese. I like cheese. Like it was just ridiculous. It was just real weird shit. Yeah. yeah. We don't need any more of that. I also get like um, men sending emails being like, you say that the site is diverse, but there are not any stories written from the straight male perspective. Oh <laughs> I'm like, wow. What a day job. <laughs> Did wow. you say that? Um, but actually, just a couple weeks ago, we published our second ever story from a straight male perspective. And it was quite good. And like everyone I've ever worked with before was like, when I saw the name on the story, I knew it was going to be good because like I won't publish just anything, obviously. Um, but yeah, so it's it's um, a monthly subscription membership program, basically. And it's that way in order to pay the writers and um, one new story per week. And they're around 3000 words or so, but sometimes play around with like choose your own adventure series through the month. Um, sometimes we do themes, but mainly just one new story per week to your inbox. We also do audio. Um, yeah. Great what place. is the most ridiculous story you've ever received though? Because I got to know, like somebody must have dropped some shit in that mailbox. Well, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I try not to, you know, yuck anyone's yum, but there was a story I got once that I was just uncomfortable with. I maybe shouldn't go further than that, but I will Mm -hmm. say like back to the stories um, written by men that they're always like lesbian stories, of course. Um, And like, (laughs) I remember one of the details was like comparing a woman's nipples to Hershey's kisses. (laughs) classic it was just like so bad it's like your dad wrote a porno that podcast and he was comparing her tits to pomegranates (laughs) it's amazing (laughs) men are so funny like i just don't know where they get this shit from yeah i i've been seeing like heaps of stuff pop up as well being like why are men always making like metaphors and similes to do with like fruit or like food like why do they find women edible like that's (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's a great question. I do think, you know, we do writing workshops as well. And I have had people say, like, in terms of, like, talking about skin tones, it's hard to talk about skin tones without reverting to, like, food or, like, cream, chocolate, whatever. Chocolate. They they were like, I don't like that. And I was like, yeah, like, I don't either. And you use earth tones. But it's like, it is hard to get out of these cliches. Like, sometimes you start to see why they are cliches are just yeah it's hard to hard to shake when did you notice the need for something like aurora because it's not very common i guess for these places to exist for people to share these stories yeah um 
It was many things that led me to creating it. One of the big ones was um, during the campaign season for Donald Trump. Um, as a woman who loves men, I was finding um, a lot of just like frustration and confusion in, in the news cycle and just like everything about sex in the news at that time was bad. And it, that is of course, because there's a lot of bad sex stuff happening in the world at any given time. Um, but I think it was like heightened to the point where I felt like I couldn't even like have joy or take joy in sex with men anymore. It's like, oh, I just hate men are so bad. <laughs> They're terrible, <laughs> you know? And so uh, wanting to kind of convince myself otherwise, and like some of my friends were feeling this way too, um, I wanted to create a space to celebrate sex. And this is like very um, opposite of how I, I conduct myself or like go through the world. Like I'm very cynical and um, I am not an optimist at all. So to to for me to want a nice space <laughs> was it meant it was bad. Okay, things were really <laughs> bad. So yeah, I wanted a space to celebrate like the good sex, the like beautiful intimate moments that we sometimes share in an effort to maybe have more of those. Um, and I think at that time, I was really working through my own ability to be intimate with people. Um, I was single. And I think I had this very like slut mindset. I don't care about anyone. I just want to fuck. And I think that that was actually hurting me a lot because truthfully, I really just wanted to be loved and, and connect with somebody, but, and have good sex. And like, I think sometimes we, I don't know, I think it's like a modern issue and maybe we're changing a little bit. This was five years ago now, but you know, I think there, feminism is hard. And sometimes when you're trying so hard to be independent, uh, you end up not allowing yourself to be soft enough to receive love. It doesn't matter if it's from a man or anyone, but you know, so this uh, Aurora was meant as a soft space, sentimental in some ways, like a place to revisit your beautiful moments with people. It's interesting that you say like, sorry, B. it's interesting that you say it's like during the time of Donald Trump, because it just made me think about like baby booms over time, like when politically people must have been more horny slash not. Like yeah. it's really has an effect like politically when people do have For like sure. are more tolerant of men and when they're not. Like after the war when men came back, they were like, dick, give me all the dick. But then like later they were like, you guys are kind of being dicks. Stay away from me. And then it just like went in these cycles. Yeah. So and- yeah, politically it must have a massive effect on our libidos, which is wild. Yeah. And I think it continues in the States, like with Roe v. Wade and everything that's going on. Like, I mean, this, so this all was five minutes or five, sorry, years ago, but like this continues. And Mm -hmm. I think for straight women, it's a really complicated time to, to be having sex with men. There's so many risks and so many bad men. I think that's why we do gravitate to books because you cannot go wrong with a fictional man. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Can I ask you then? This is, yeah. you know, a little yeah. segue. So sure. I don't know how I stumbled on this, and I'm not like a big romance reader. I never have been because I think 
a lot of the, you know, gender role stuff in those types of books, like just bothers me and it takes me out of the moment. It's like a boner killer for me. Um, but I had stumbled a- across Fair the- <laughs> Colleen Hoover and it ends with us. And I read nice. it and I was like, hold on. We don't talk about Colleen here. Oh. <laughs> no, we're just, we're, just, we're not. It's like, we the, those we're just not fans. They're not our kind of romance books. So I don't think Colleen Hoover is like a great example of somebody who probably shouldn't be at the head of the genre. You know, like there are so many romance authors out there that write insanely like respectful, sexy, interesting stories. Yeah. And it's like Colleen Hoover is not one of them. But then why is she like the most successful? And what does that say? I think she's on the most digestible. I think it's like the most digestible, right? Because I think there's two kind of romance readers there's people that read romance that just read it for like the uh i guess like the feeling of the romance and maybe these fake attributes that you give to men to hide from their own worlds yeah there's like that and those are the kind of colleen hoover readers like you get something that doesn't exist and you digest it and you take it away and you don't really think about it and you've got other romance readers which i guess we fit into those categories where like the books that we read are often like um, dissecting like feminist ideals and like men and romance and like all of these aspects of the world within like a romance and smart novel and like taking something like a beautiful story and just adding sex to it because life is about sex and you can't have romance without sex. And like, those are the books that we gravitate towards and unfortunately because they aren't digestible because they make you think and you have to have an opinion on things they don't go to the forefront of like the romance community and they don't get put in like walmart and target it's things like yeah like colleen hoover that get put on the forefront except for anna huang i'm gonna pull yeah anna's one that and we always say that except for anna because anna's books are not shit like just as a rule of thumb yeah like they're (laughs) not shit and they're not disrespectful and she's a wonderful person but I also think that like every single book we've done this year for example anything that has been TikTok famous we've hated Hmm. so much like a lot and we don't understand why people like it well I don't know maybe maybe it's just because everyone else likes it um we were talking about sort of like the formula too, like yeah. to write a successful book you've like you you look at what's po- currently popular yeah. you know so you look at like what sort of like sad things people are into like the different tropes you know like all that sort of stuff like sports romance is always like pretty popular hockey at the moment few, and like, daddy's hockey romances daddy and hockey <laughs> yeah, is the and age, yeah, yeah timeless yeah. um and so i guess like when you read a lot of popular books you just sort of start to realize that like the the originality isn't isn't there for you anymore as the reader but we have been like diverting into um a lot of queer books this year i recently read if um and we did a post about it so if anyone wants to read anything with queer undertones we do have a post up on instagram but one of the best ones i've read and we've got sarah blue coming onto the podcast next year is vera and the vegas v and it's the first time i have read a book with a non-binary character and it was fucking amazing Mm. i definitely recommend and that's I mean, the long version of that question, Carly, <laughs> just in case you were wondering. Well, I need to get, yeah, I need to get 
more into the other side. I feel this responsibility to know other parts of the genre, but like it, yeah. I do think it's so different. And one of the biggest, you know, besides the obvious problematic things about Colleen Hoover in that book, but like it was just so PG. Like I was like, wow, there's not really any sex in here. It's just like suggestions of sex. Oh yeah, the shit we read is filthy. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, the shit we read is some of the stuff we've been like somebody needs jesus like you should probably go to therapy as an author but it's i think one of the reasons why fiction works so well in sex is because if you read it as a real life a lot of the times i feel like you feel like you would be missing out because somebody's actually going through it and then you mm-hmm. question your own relationships your own life and you're like why do I not have that? And if you read it as fiction, you're like, okay, well, it's not real, but it, it could happen yeah. kind of thing. So I think that's why a lot of women read fiction when it comes to romance novels. Instead yeah. Of, I don't know. Maybe they do read a lot of real life tellings. I've seen your Instagram and I fucking love some of the questions you ask. You're like, <laughs> what's the thing that makes you really hot when he lets me call him daddy? I was like, yes, do it. Like, I'm really excited about it. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's why a lot of women gravitate towards fiction because they don't want to deal with the reality of what they're going through because not everything is so fun in real yeah. life. Yeah, I see that. I feel like I've always been very interested in like how other people are doing it. Like I'm like, am I am I good in bed? Like how do other people fuck? And the yeah. real stories allow me to be like oh oh let me steal that move and like you know I have this story I love to tell about my boyfriend when we first started dating and he was like big supporter of Aurora and what I was doing and like reading all the stories and he like we're hooking up and he starts doing these like moves on me and I was like are you doing this week's story and he was like yeah (laughs) (laughs) I was like it is because I feel like porn like visual porn does not educate you in terms of like how actually to touch a woman and Aurora stories break down like moves that you can really recreate on someone it's it's very educational I think like one of the other things is that now we're finding more and more that men are reading these fictional stories and they're looking like when you go onto Facebook groups where people are requesting um, recommendations for books, they're looking for these stories so that they can do it to their wives, which is amazing, but maybe they should probably go to some real shit instead of the non real shit because some of it's just absurd, but it's amazing. Like we love it. Yeah. But um, actionable items in our stories like pen pal that story is bloody incredible so if you're gonna start start there um tell us about the creation like how did you create a raw like from concept to like where it is now um yeah it's been a really long process obviously like and i'm sure you, you guys probably went through something similar with the creation of this just having the idea and sitting with it and then being like, but how do I make it? Um, And it ended up being kind of a, you know, bunch of things at once that happened to me that were terrible. Uh, I got dumped. I lost two of my like 
clients that were, you know, paying my bills at the same time. Like this all happened within a couple of weeks. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I'm fucked. Um, and I was just super depressed and like couldn't do anything. But I felt that if somebody like built me a website, then I could make a roar and I could just like pour everything I had into a roar. And so I had a friend who was like proficient on Squarespace and we like, you know, did the design together. And then I did just start writing and like talking about it and it became my whole life. And it really did drag me out of my hole. And I think like, especially because of that, Aurora is like such my baby. Like I care so much. I believe in it so much. And like, I've seen it, you know, the feedback that I got from people, like they say, like, if you're doing bad to help other people. And I think that's essentially what I did, like without so much knowing how it would affect other people. But yeah, in the beginning, I was getting a lot of like DMs from people saying that they had never read stories with um, characters that represented their experiences or their interests. And I don't know even where the stories were coming from, but they just, they started coming. They found me (laughs) on the internet. Um, And now we have nearly 200 stories on the site. So it's been about four years since I officially launched it. Um, I keep kind of hitting hurdles where I'm like, well, I don't know how to do audio. And then I do audio and I'm like, I don't know how to do, well, I figured it out. <laughs> so I think I'm going to keep doing stuff like that. Um, I'm actually right now very interested in the potential of adapting some of our stories into scripts for pornography. Um, That's like kind of a dream for me. And I think I would love to actually direct and make visual porn. Um, But I think first steps is like turning some stories into scripts and see where it goes from there. That would be amazing. amazing. Yeah. Because there is like there is more and more ethical porn out there, but I feel like if it's a real life story instead of it being made up, it could come across differently. Like I don't think there's anything like that out there at the moment. Yeah, and people are very interested in amateur porn right now, and I think it is for the same reason people are interested in the real stories because it is relatable. Like I totally get the fantasy and escapist element of romance and other erotica. But I think some people want that realism and and relatability. And um, personally, I really, you know, I don't love visual porn, but I used to really enjoy the like Cinemax stuff because it was like storylines. And like, I like, I want porn with a story. I want to like be watching a movie and then it's like, oh, everyone's naked and fucking on screen cool uh so that's kind of I think if I could make that dream be the change you want to see in the world you know exactly I would definitely watch a movie if it just had like sex in it yeah yeah there's There's no question about it (laughs) so much more like it's so much more um I don't know it's easier to watch than just like going onto like Pornhub and trying to well that's why like Bridgerton went off and all those other shows went off because like really everyone wants sex Mm -hmm. everyone needs it yeah but I think a lot of people need more than just 
sex. Like just sex isn't always yeah. going to do it for me. What impact has a raw had on you personally? Do you feel? Um, yeah. Well, so I think in the beginning, um, it really empowered me and I felt just amazed about the community that was forming around me. Um, and then I think as I went on, I kind of started hiding behind the scenes a little bit and um, feeling that it really wasn't about me not wanting to make it about me um, and wanting to kind of seem like this professional business and like, you know, fool people into thinking I was like a bigger thing than I was. It's really just me. And I think that I did fool some people because I like would get, you know, customer service type emails from people being like pissed off about something not working. And I'd be like, I'm just one person. I'm like trying my best, you know. Um, and so recently I have decided to like come out from behind the curtain and kind of make this more personal for me. And And one of the biggest changes for myself since I started Aurora was like, when I started it, I think I was like a sex addict, like very horny all the time, like in some like damaged relationships and probably not treating myself amazingly. And since then, I started taking SSRIs, antidepressants, and essentially completely lost my sex drive. So running the site as a person who <laughs> struggles to get horny is so strange. Um, and I want to have the space reflect more of um, where I am at now, which is maybe a little bit less crazy horny and a little more like sensual and finding pleasure in other things outside of sex. Um, and getting back to that sentimental aspect of Aurora, like marrying that to other parts of life and sex does permeate all parts of our lives and, but like making it not so much about sex with another person necessarily or, um, finding relationship and yeah, just expanding. So I guess back to the question, it, it's, it's made my identity like so linked to its own growth and changing that it's like a, a, we are one um which probably doesn't sound that good but <laughs> <laughs> it's true <laughs> yeah so it's really affected me it's it's changed my life and hopefully continues to be um surprising and inspiring and yeah yeah, I can see that completely. I mean, we're the same with our podcast. Um, it just becomes who you are and it's all you can think about, all you can really do and everything. You, you're always preparing for like what's coming next. It's, it's, I don't think people tell you about like when you work, I guess, on in the internet, like influence of that kind of space, like, um, like you can't put it down. You can't kind of like, you can't just like clock out at like 5 p.m. in the afternoon and be like, oh, done for the day. <laughs> Yeah. Have you all joined threads yet? No, no. I refuse to join another social media <laughs> fucking platform. I don't even, I forgot we had TikTok for two weeks and I just realized I haven't posted on it. <laughs> like we're just not that good at it. <laughs> Let's be honest. 
Well, I joined it today and I posted something and then like an hour later I remembered about, oh shit. And I went on it and no one had like done anything with it. And I was like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> like I didn't want to, to begin with, but then I, I did it and everyone was like, this is so great here. Oh, it's so organic. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe it is. But then I was like, nobody likes my shit here. I'm leaving. I'm not like a hundred percent sure what Twitter is. very difficult as well. Like what yeah. actually is Threads? It's like Twitter, so it's just uh. it, it's text based. Which for erotica and like story excerpt, excerpts, I thought you know that could be interesting. But fuck that because they just like you know ban my stuff anyway, and it's the same company <laughs> as Instagram. So why would I? Like, who am I? I'm a masochist. I'm like, oh, well, let me join this new thing. No, I'm with you all. I'm going to quit it today. Yeah. Um, I noticed that th- uh, Instagram kind of fucked you this week. Yeah. Post. They that fucked me all good. the time. Yeah. This was a little <laughs> bit like they got a big wooden dildo and shoved it up your ass. That was yeah. what they did to you. Yeah, they fuck me and I like a lot of people, you know, responded to that and I was like, they do this to me all the time. I just don't always talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> like so I just was in the mood to cry yesterday. I was like, no. Like I wanted people to rally for me, which is nice when you're like, you guys, look what happened. And everyone's like, Oh my god, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially what's happened is they're refusing to share anything organically of yours. And only your followers will be able to see your content. Yeah. So that means, you know, in terms of new discovery from accounts that aren't already following us, that's zero, which is a big, yeah, that's like a big impact for a small business. (sighs) And as you know. And it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, like it's, It's hardcore. So much effort going into marketing on Instagram and you share so much and you do all of that like for free with the idea that, people are gonna you know click through and discover your account it's wild it's wild what we do for free on these networks people just give out free information free advice free everything i mean a lot of it's wrong but (laughs) but they give it (laughs) it's free (laughs) it's so true that's so funny yeah I'm like firing my therapist because I have like free Instagram therapy and like it's probably the worst I tried to fire my therapist and she was like I'm not ready to like just say goodbye yet and I was like oh Oh, god (laughs) which is kind of cute she was like it's it's not time for you to leave (laughs) but never heard of someone trying to fire their therapist (laughs) well I was like breaking up with her I was like ah you know because truly like Instagram, I think I'm a visual learner. So seeing things written out is way more helpful, like just internalizing stuff rather than like me talking to somebody about stuff. You know what I mean? I don't know. My view on therapy is like, I feel like I'm basically just like catching her up on my life, like an old friend, but then I have to pay her. It just doesn't sound like a very good therapist. (laughs) So it might not might not be the right the right match yeah. well, i'm just saying like do you have no, a good therapist uh Benny no but a therapist. I... <laughs> do you have a good 
Do you want a therapist? But criminally insane people. It's not, uh, not for it, forensic. I work in forensic. You don't know um. me. <laughs> this could be a great match, me and Buddy. No, I'm just kidding. Well, if you ever commit a crime, like, let me know. I'll be there. Oh. Especially a, call. a violent one. Oh, my God. Oh. Um, I want to talk about porn and the queer community, if that's okay. I I want to know how you feel about the importance of like porn, both visual and like um, written porn. Um, the importance of it being created by women and the queer community for women and for the queer community. Like, yes. How do you? So going back to you know talking about these straight men submitting stories about women's pleasure, um, I did like I said we do writing workshops and I had somebody in the writing workshop once say, like what do you recommend um, for writing about the trans experience? And I was like, being trans is what I recommend. Like I just don't think it's wise for people to create any pornography or you know literature about these experiences if they haven't lived them firsthand it's just it it's too complicated like I don't think we can fully understand the experience and I think the people that should be educating others should be the ones that have lived them um and that's not to say that having characters that are non-binary or trans or queer in fantasy or fiction stories isn't a positive thing because I think for sure any kind of representation is, but I think, you know, how those characters are written is really important. And right now, like, I don't know if you all watch um, the Sex and the City reboot and just like that. Well, it's terrible. So don't watch it. I know. Well, that's why I stopped. Yeah. I watched like a few episodes. Yeah. They kind of shot on Bethany Frankel this season. I saw that and I was like, why are you being mean? Like, what's the point? You don't have to be a mean girl. Yeah, they're mean and and just weird, but they have a non-binary character. And like, I think the queer community is just really annoyed because the character is like, really like cliche, woke uh, person that they are just like, why do you have to make us seem so lame like we're not and so I think you know if a person is writing about their own experience then other people can't complain that it's not correct or you know accurate or a good portrayal and I think that these are the voices or visions women and and the queer community who have not had representation or a big impact in these spaces and that's why it's hilarious that the straight men complain about the lack of diversity because (laughs) there's so many you know places that art is completely from the white man's perspective and I think we need less and more to balance it out I think there definitely is as well like what you said about and just like that where queer characters are used as educators as tools for education of straight characters in tv shows and movies where the only thing that you know about the character is that they're you know gay or non-binary or trans that's it just becomes like their whole personality and just like that kind of fucked up though because like last season i didn't watch this bit but my sister-in-law told me about it where miranda had a black teacher and she was like going on these rampage yes 
You know what it's I'm talking so about, right? Yeah. It was like it got to the point where I physically could not watch it anymore and she had to tell me about it because I was like, this is just making me unwell. Like yeah. the lack of education. Sorry, my dog just came in. The lack of education that you have to try and do something like that shows how fucked it is in the world that you can't actually do it properly. Like it was really annoying. I don't think I'm making myself clear, but the point is they shouldn't have done it. Yeah. It was probably white men who decided to do it. That's the annoying thing. That's what I always think about too. Yeah. Like HBO Max, but like how many millions of dollars went behind that show? Like how how much time went into developing that show? Yeah, you and know? they actually have like uh, writers that are young and like cool. So I'm not sure who's calling the shots because I don't think the writers are doing this. I think someone's telling them. Yeah. From the grave, from the crypt. <laughs> is he dead or is he just in jail? I think I like imagine that he's dead, but no, I, that's, in my head he's just, dead. that's the other one. What's the <laughs> other one? Uh, no. The one Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he's the dead one. Harvey Weinstein's still very much alive. Very much but legal he's like, now. I feel like he's like a foot out of the grave. Like the last mm. time I saw oh. a photo oh, yeah. of him, I was like Prison did not treat him He's well. just gone downhill. He is dead to yeah. me. As it so shouldn't have treated dead. him well. <laughs> yeah. But there's more Harvey Weinsteins out there doing just like that, thinking, oh, oh yeah, yeah, though, like, we need to introduce this and this character. But then let's make it so cringe that people can't physically watch this. Yeah. Well, I wonder who do they think <laughs> they're pretend that we're educating Because, people. like, they do seem to be like woke splaining, and it's like your audience is young women and queer people. Like, don't you don't need to, to like you know educate us on these issues and and so badly too. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're like laying the foundations, and the building is already like sixty years old. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes yep. you watch them yeah. and you see like another bizarre representation. And you're just like, I just don't want to be queer anymore, I think. I'd like to, like, revoke myself from this, like, bizarre online, like, internet TV community where everybody has blue hair and, like, they hate everybody. Like, that's not, like, that's not the experiences that I've ever had, like, with queer people, like, in our community. And then you've just gone online and you've just told everybody, I don't know, that we're awful people to be around and you, like, can't do anything without this fear of judgment when really queer communities are like the least judgmental spaces 100% and do you know what the most annoying thing about it is and just like that Cynthia Nixon is queer like how do you allow this to go on tv if you're gay <laughs> yeah. like, what, like what are you doing be responsible sorry made me very angry that show no i agree and she's also a politician isn't she like yeah like, she tries yeah. to she also get into politics York. yeah i voted yeah, for her like... <laughs> nice. uh, <laughs> i was mistake. like you got my vote miranda but yeah she was it was kind of fun she went against cuomo i think governor a few years back hmm. cuomo then downfall too all these men <sighs> It's very forced right now and people are forcing it to the point where it's really uncomfortable and nobody's actually properly being educated. So like there are other shows on Prime at the moment where they are being portrayed properly, but they're just not as popular because they don't hold names like Sex and the City and whatever else. And it's really disappointing because there are so many great educational TV shows out there, even if they are fiction. 
Betty and I recently were talking about the saturation of terrible men in the public space. So like, <laughs> it just seems like every day you wake up and somebody's done something else. And I was just like, we were talking about like the logistics of why are there so many terrible men? And I was like, is this just the actual proportion of like terrible men to good men in the in everyday life as well? Or is there something about being a public figure that takes these people that are already kind of like sociopaths? And they want to do it. Mm, That's a good question. I think it's like safe to assume all men are bad, like guilty until proven innocent. When they're famous, there's like enough resources. Yeah. Do you ever just wake up and hate your boyfriend? Because I do that often. I'm like, you're you're white and you're pissing me off today. But it's not even about him being white. It's just like something about his face. I'm like, you're making me really angry today. Just fuck off. Well, I definitely take out my anger who all men on him i'm like oh you are the representation of all things evil in this world and he's actually just like a really decent guy (laughs) exactly like my partner is incredible but sometimes i just look at him i'm like i'm really disappointed that you're a man (laughs) (laughs) it's almost like a little bit of like shame within yourself oh yeah why why do i have to like the straight man oh yeah i'm very ashamed completely yeah Mm -hmm. Okay. Why is dick addictive? That's what the problem is. <laughs> that's a good question. That is the big problem. Yeah, that's what the problem is. It's dick. Like it, it bemoisels us. We get finagled when you get a dick in front of you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then all this shit happens. Ridiculous. You're ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> um. How can we find Aurora? Carly, give us, where would our audience go to find these stories? Well, not on threads because (laughs) I quit today. Um, I think a great place to start is the Instagram because we do tease stories. And like Ola was saying, we kind of invite our community each week to speak to their experiences as it relates to each story. Um, and then our website, readaroar.com, also has all the stories there. We have teasers on the website as well, so you can, like, read free teasers. Sign up for the newsletter. That's what I always need to remind myself to say, because when my Instagram account eventually gets deleted, if you are my newsletter friend, then we will be friends forever. Mm-hmm. Um, although once I did have my newsletter got, like, in trouble. I went to newsletter jail because I linked to a porn site, which I had a blog on the porn site, but it was like porn and then everything went wrong. So I didn't know you could go knows? to newsletter jail. <laughs> Neither did I. Oh yeah. You I can go to every kind of jail. Yeah. <laughs> I this is the thing I didn't realize. Like I knew that the world was, you know, really not sex positive, not ready for this. But as running this business has been crazy. Like one thing I'm not allowed to do is have ads on my website, like just Google ads. So that would be like a really easy way with traffic to make a little bit of money. But it is considered a porn site, um, even though there's no porn. We just have porn in our name and we get trouble. Yeah, we didn't think it through because to us, like, like, we're all from very, like, I don't know, I guess sort of progressive countries Mm -hmm. or places in the world so it like just saying the word porn isn't offensive to us 
so uh but our email has the word porn in it so we've had quite a few cases of our emails just getting sent like straight to people's junk or spam folders because it has the word porn in yeah it. i mean that's the same like aurora's slogan is like read porn and and i feel that if i were to change that it might be easier to do some things but i'm also like i'm not fucking changing that yeah like, fuck you <laughs> I know it makes yeah. me very angry, but it also makes me angry that like <clears throat> people aren't allowed to explore their sexuality as much as they should want to or should because we're being constricted by society. Yeah, yeah, especially when you're in like when you're in like the the more ethical porn space, but yeah. all you're doing is just like you know promoting people's like own safe exploration of their sexuality, like their development. You're not just inundating them with stuff that could be potentially harmful. Right? Yeah, it, it's really too bad. I do think though we, you know, as shitty as things are, it's like a lot better than it was when I was younger. Like. I mean, the internet was barely invented back then. And like, I used to go on uh, AOL Messenger and like people just send like porn that way. So like my first experience with porn was really just like, like showing up on the screen and being like, ah, but I feel like now there, there are kind of tools to avoid that. And also like places that you can get literary stuff and explore that way. So I'm happy for the youth. Listen, I found out today that I'm older than Google. <laughs> How old? That Google? was 1996. Oh, oh god, that was so mind Google. blowing to me. I was like, "Holy <laughs> shit, I'm older than Google." Google could be my child. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, I'm Google's um, grandma. <laughs> we're gonna say goodbye to Carly. <laughs> um, and yeah, wish her the best herself and Aurora because we love this thing. we love what you do we love the space and we definitely need more of it and we hope you get into ethical porn because I will be your first customer <laughs> all right thank you see, so much see you next week guys bye. bye thank you for listening to girls who read porn follow us at girls who read pod on twitter instagram and facebook and for all business inquiries please send us an email on girls who read porn at gmail.com art created by jessica wanny and music made by dane forgy stevens see you next week and stay smutty team